this has been such a crazy year. Uh, would you guys agree with that? I mean, it's, it's just been bizarre. We've had ups and downs. We've had weird things that have happened, but this year has just been a string of it, one after another after another. And I thought about all the key things that we know of, of the bad news and the changes and things that are going on. Um, key words from this year, uh, canceled. You know, it's like, it got silly. oh, we're going to this. That's canceled. We were going on a cruise. We were all, we were all excited about going on this cruise. We got the message. Cruise is canceled. Vacations canceled. Family gatherings canceled. Uh, Ball Brothers concert for Christmas canceled. All these things canceled. Social distancing, remote learning, stay from home, stay at home order, curfew, all these things. And after a while, we get so much bad news and we're just like, man, could anything else just bring us lower than what it is? It's just, it can be, honestly, it can just be depressing after time. And, it, and I know how hard this is, can, it can be for a lot of you guys have had the balance staying at home and watching the kids and figuring out what you're going to do and losing hours and all those kind of things. It's been hard even as a church. I, I, I know I've got people right now that I love and adore and I, I, I appreciate so much and I can't be with them, and it's weird to not, Christmas, to go through and high-five and hug people and everything, and we've got this social distancing through this way of doing, the communion's different that we're doing today as well, and we're kind of scattered as a church and things like that, it's just been different. So many people are not able to get together this Christmas just because of things that are going on, and, I, and I've had people say, it's the happiest time of the year normally, but this year is not that happy. I've heard people say, we didn't, we didn't decorate, we didn't do all these things. It's just not the same. There's just so many things that are missing. It's, it's too many things that are, 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 have been just flipped upside down, and it's not this joyous occasion like it should be. When we think of the word joy, we almost think that that is not a word that applies to Christmas this year. Well, we're going to look at the Christmas story, and I want you to see that the word joy is actually emphasized about eight times in different ways through the Christmas story. And you say, what, what, is the, what is Christmas all about? Well, we think about it. We say, Merry Christmas. The word Merry is a joyful time of the year. That's what it's emphasizing. Let me take you to Luke 2, verse 8. And this is the announcement of the great joy that we can have. Show you what's going on. So he makes the big announcement up front to a bunch of guys that you would have considered to be almost like an outcast. They were the nobodies of society. They were the ones that uh, they were constantly separated from everybody else. And, and they weren't respected like they should have been. And in their economy, they were the, on the lower end of things. In Luke 2 verse 8, it says, And they were in the same country, shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were so afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Let's pray. God, I ask him for your presence to be with us as we just talk about joy. Lord, I know that there might be people here right now that are struggling with that, just thinking that this is not a happy time. Maybe it's not been a happy time for a long time. It's just trials and problems and, and situations that can seem just overwhelming. Lord, I pray that you help us to see the joy that we can have and the source of joy and understand where it comes from and how we can have it. Lord, I thank you so much, Lord, for our church family. I thank you for every guest that's with us today. 
And Lord, to help us, Lord, to rejoice in what you've given us. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. They showed up and made this announcement that the angels were like, we have good news. It's great to get good news because I tell you what, if you turn on the news channels today, you're not going to get good news. Why is it that news feels like the only way that they can get us to watch it is they have to promote something bad happened? Something had to die, something had, somebody had to do something, terrorism or whatever. That draws people to the news. We, we grab it. We'll, we'll share bad news quicker than we'll share good news. It's just in our human nature to do that. Now let me explain to you that this news did not come from CNN. It came straight from heaven. The angels came down to make this announcement that I've got good news of great joy. Now let me explain something because I think this is where we get and say, well, that's great. I wish we could have some of that right now. In this life, it is going to be filled with ups and downs. If you're looking to say, I have Jesus and I, I don't want to have ups and downs anymore, you don't understand the gospel. It's, we're, we're going to have good, we're going to have bad, we're going to have things that are fall apart, we're going to have viruses, we're going to have stay-at-home orders, we're going to have all these things we're going to have. We, we, we can live in this mode of understanding that sometimes things just get bad, and then bad, and then bad, and bad, and all after a while it gets so low that we just live in this state of negativity, this state of things are not good. You know why? Because the things that are happening around us are not joyful, they're not good. They're not exciting. We've had a lot of bad things happen this year. I've thought about how many funerals we've had and how many people are sick and how many people are not gathered together and how we're separated from people. Look, to, to, uh, look at Luke 2.10 again. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great happiness. Does it say that? What is the word? Is joy and happiness the same thing? See, a lot of people, that's where we get mixed up because we get confused what joy and happiness is. We, 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 we try to mix them and, and try to use them interchangeably. You cannot do this. There's a big difference between joy and happiness. Let me explain it like this, and this makes sense when we start breaking it down. Happiness comes from the happenings that are happening around you. Whatever's happening in my life Makes me happy. The Buckeyes are on. All right, I can't wait for the game. Hey, we have a couple of days off to be with home for family. We're, we're going shopping. I got a bonus check. Whatever's happening in your life brings you joy or brings you happiness. It, it, it makes you feel good. It gets your attention on things. They're good things that happen in your life. Shopping, Christmas parties, concerts, family, all those kind of things. We use this in context all the time. We'll sit there and say, coffee makes me happy. Can I get an amen right there? Coffee makes me happy. I can have a bad day and a lot of bad things happening in my life, and there's something about that cup of love that just changes me. I love coffee. I love to drink coffee. I love strong coffee. It makes me happy. I'll be honest. Oreos and ice cream make me happy. They can be separated. They can be together. I don't care. Either way, they make me happy. Then afterwards, when I overate on ice cream and Oreos, I'm unhappy. <laughs> Trust me, you guys will know the feeling over this past week or this coming week. You're going to know that feeling of, I can't wait to gorge into that meal, and then you're regretting it afterwards. Some people love to shop, but let me tell you, money comes and money goes fast. It doesn't last. Just look at your Christmas budget. You'll know what I'm talking about. 
People let you down, economy changes, presidents change, viruses come and go. People that we love leave us. Our kids that we love, they grow up in our homes and then they say goodbye and they walk out of our homes. And, and if you found all of your happiness in those kids or happiness in that job or happiness in that tradition, those things come and go. They're inconsistent in life. And a lot of times when those things that are up and down and in and out of our life are constantly leaving us and going, then our emotions are like this. You guys know what I'm talking about? Good day, bad day. I'm happy. I hate life. I want to live. I want to die. It's just miserable. And that's the reality of it. Because we base the happiness that comes into our life, the good feelings are what drives us based on the things that are happening around us. Good things happen good feelings. Bad things, bad feelings. 2.10, he says, I bring you good tidings. I have good news of great joy. Not just joy. Great joy, like something that they've never experienced before. Good news. Joy is this. Let's just define joy now. Cheerfulness. It's a calm delight. It's gladness. It is, it is the idea of having a fullness of something good happening in your life that can't change. See, joy is this calm that tells you that everything is going to be okay. It's an internal thing. Happiness is external. Ice cream, coffee, family, traditions. Joy is internal. You can't always, if you see a calm with somebody and somebody's going through a hard time or somebody's going through difficulties or whatever, and you say that there's a calm about them or I'm joyful or I can sing the greatness of God in a church service or sing about the great I am and you're saying, hey, wait a minute, I know that they have family that's sick. How can they do that? Because something's in them that is greater than what's happening around them. It's joy. I want to make a statement that you need to understand that is so vital to what we're talking about. God sent Jesus into the world to bring us joy, but not to change our happenings. I can prove it. Mary was pregnant with the child of God, the son of God, and she went through a lot of happenings that were not happy. A lot of times we say, well, I have Jesus. Everything should be better. I don't understand. I go to church. Everything should be better. I give to church. Everything should be better. God never said that the things happening in our life would change. He promised this, that the one that brings joy would be with you while you go through the happenings of life. To where I can have joy when I am unhappy in life. I can have a calm when bad news is present in my life. Here's the source of joy, and we already know this, but let's read this. Verse 11, for unto you, this is to every person, to the backside of the desert where those people were out there tending their sheep, that everybody forgot and said they, they don't count for nothing. God said, I want to go to them. Unto you, unto anybody that is alive, is born this day in the city of David, a savior, a rescuer. Somebody that pulls you out of bad situations, the one that changes your life from sin. And I'm not just talking about physical things. I'm talking about spiritual things, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. So you know what the angels were doing? 
They're like, hey, you're missing joy and you're looking for something, but they point right to Jesus and said, if you want joy, you've got to go get it. Now, let me explain something. We can have an understanding of joy and not experience joy. There's a lot of people that would be like, we, we could stand up right now and sing joy to the world. You know, the Lord has come, let earth rejoice in, in all the th- songs that we sing at Christmas and Hark the Herald. You can sing all day long and not experience joy for yourself. It's not, he, he literally says, for unto you was born this day there, go worship him. Go experience Jesus. Go experience the joy that we're promising you. There's a difference Let's look at this in action. So turn back one chapter to Luke chapter 1, verse 28. Let's let's talk about what's happening in this passage. We'll back this up. Mary's happenings were not happy. We mistell this story all the time. It's it's, it's what we do. We, we, We just want to fantasize this very way of telling it to where it makes us feel good. Here's the reality. Okay, and the angel came under, verse 28, and the angel came under and said... Hail, thou art highly favored, and the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Now, we would just take that right there and go, oh, be it unto me. This is great news. Yes, I'm going to be doing this. But the Bible doesn't say that that's what followed when this happenings was happening in her life. Woke her up in the middle of the night and told her this great message of this. Her response, verse 29, and when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying. The word trouble literally means to be agitated, disturbed, perplexed. She, she didn't wake up saying, man, everything is great. She woke up like, what in the world? I don't get this. I'm perplexed. I can't figure this out. There's no, there was no happiness happening in this story right here. You're reading it for yourself. Read the rest of it. And this is what happens. And cast in her mind, her mind started racing. Her mind started thinking, like, well, wait a minute, this doesn't add up, this doesn't make sense, I don't know what I'm going to do, what manner of salutations this should be. What was going on? She didn't understand. She didn't understand. Do you know how often that is how things start in our life? You'll, you'll, you'll turn on the news, and, and some guy that's paid to get your attention and make you think that the world is falling apart, that's what their job is. And I'm not saying that all news is bad news and all news is fake news, but they do know that they're going to try to stir you up to make you tune in and keep watching to be able to hang on to everywhere they're saying to figure out what life is going to be like. It's just part of the nature of news. But you get that, and all of a sudden your mind will then gravitate and begin to think about, oh man, the economy is going to crash. Honey, I, I, I know things are going to be rough at work. And what if, we lost, oh, what if we lost the house? What would we do? I am not moving in with your mom. You know, all those conversations that start going through your mind, and they're all based off of what ifs. It captures your attention. Her mind was captivated like, I don't understand this. And her mind began to race. But look what happens, verse 30. And the angel said unto her, fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. You know what they begin to do? It says, don't just go on what's happening in your life. Let me pull God into what's happening right now. And it began to change everything. Behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son. Thou shalt call his name Jesus. And behold, this handmaid of the Lord, verse 38, said, be unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. I'm going to ask you guys, how can we get to the point where we just say, Lord, be, just come what may. 
Lord, I'm, I'm going to look to you. I'm going to have this joy that's going to be constant and steady and consistent in my life to where I can get off that roller coaster of emotions that we're up and down constantly. Number one, we experience real joy when we trust in his plan. When we trust, so here, here's what you've got to understand. You get this. From the very beginning, God has begun to explain, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That, that's what the Bible tells us. In the beginning, people say, I don't know where the world came from, and I don't know, it's cosmic goo, and this explosion, and random this, and random that, and I don't get it. The Bible says, I, I, I'll explain it. This is where everything came from. There was, a, there, there was a God, Elohim, that spoke everything into existence because he's all-powerful. You want to know how things are going to end? Watch this. Go to the end of the Bible. And the Bible says, Revelation, he tells us what's to come, what's going to happen. He's explaining the end of time. He's explaining the judgment of Christ. He's explaining heaven and hell. He explains it. And in the middle of time, we've got the understanding that we have Jesus with us. We, we celebrate Christmas to, under, to celebrate what he did and why he came and what he came to do. And Emmanuel, God with us, and he grew for 33 years and to become a man that would become the sacrifice that would die at a cross for our sins. It's time. It's life. God knew. When the Bible says this, and we say this all the time, he is the alpha and omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's the first and the last. And the Bible ends the Bible with that. You know what the Bible is saying by that? He was there at the beginning. He'll be there at the end. He was there at the beginning of time. He'll be the last say at, at the end of time. He was the first say at the beginning of creation. And he's everything in between. What God was literally saying to us is, I have it all worked out. 2020 did not take God by surprise one bit. And by the way, even at the end of time, God said this, that these things must come to pass. So when we're going through some rocky stuff and things like that, the Bible says that the world is cursed. You guys know that from the very beginning. And the Bible says in Revelation 22, there will be no more curse. So guess what we're living in right now? We're smack in the middle of the stinking curse. COVID is a curse. Cancer is a curse. Death is part of the curse. We live in the middle of the curse. It's brokenness. And the Bible says that as the curse, as the world is sick, it's going to get worse and worse and worse, just like a sickness does. But I have good news. Jesus came to overcome the curse. Jesus came to be our rescuer, our savior, He came to be all of those things. He came to be and greater than than anything that 2020 can throw at us. Let me tell you, I don't know, 2021 could be worse. You're like, that's the last thing I want to hear at church, Pastor Tony. I don't know. But I can tell you this, no matter what, from the beginning to the end, God always had a plan. Mary, when he went to Mary and said, God's going to do this, and you're going to have a son, and his name is going to be this, and his name is going to be the Savior, and he's going to rescue his people from his sin. They told him from the very beginning, Mary, I'm going to tell you this, no matter what happens in this world, no matter what happens, I can tell you that God is the constant in all of that. God has a plan. He says this, Jeremiah 29, verse 11. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you. An expected end. So here's the thing. Application of this. You can sit down and watch the news. And they can say whatever they want. 
about how the world's coming to an end and everything's falling apart, the economy this or president this or state senate, well, all these things that we're concerned about and all this, and we can turn it off and say, listen, I don't have to gravitate and make that consume my mind because I know this, that my God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. My God already knows what's gonna happen. He already has a plan. He's already before me. He stands behind me. He stands with me right now. It doesn't matter what I face today. It doesn't matter what I face tomorrow. God already knows. He doesn't lead us to fail. He doesn't lead us to fall on our face. We get in our own flesh and our own mistakes. We do that, but God does not do that. So you know what we can do? We can go to bed with joy, inner peace, inner calm. You know why? Because I know God already has it figured out. So then why do I struggle with it? It, We'll get to that at the end of this, but I'm telling you, it's a choice. You can either let your mind run with the idea of whatever they said of the negative news, or you can let your mind rest on the fact that God has a plan and I don't have to stress because my God is in control. It's what you do with it. See, real joy is knowing that things are going to be okay because my God is in control. We can experience real joy when we trust in his plan. We can experience real joy when we lean on his power. See, here's the thing that was crazy. Things were not going well for Mary. I'm just being honest. I mean, if you go to the story and we tell it, a lot of times we don't leave, we don't put in the negative because we don't want to do that. Let me tell you the negative. She's pregnant, young woman, no husband, and in their culture, that was really, really bad. Here's another negative. She had a fiance that she had to go say, hey, I'm pregnant. Let me just tell you, that conversation normally doesn't go too hot. I'm just, just being honest and real. Just go to him and say, hey, you're, uh, I, I love you, babe, and I can't wait for our wedding date and everything. And by the way, by that time comes, I'll be about six months pregnant. I mean, that's not great news. And I don't care how you spiritualize and try to sit there and say, but the son of the highest and all this, you're just sitting there saying, all I know is that dude doesn't get it. And by the way, he did not get it. Try being pregnant and going to a city and you can't find a place to give birth. Try trying to raise a kid and you have no money. Try, try all these different things that were going on, knowing that Herod is out to kill your child and they're going to come and slaughter all the kids in the city. You say, it was a joyous time of year. No, the happenings were not good in this story. They were up and down. You're going to have the child of God. Great. You have to tell your fiance, oh, yeah, you're just up and down. But here's the thing. Let me tell you about what the Bible says in this story. It says, Luke 1, 35, he says, And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. If you are saved today, God is giving you the presence of the Spirit of God with you that will never, ever, ever, ever leave you. I tell people when I pray with them before they have surgery, I say, listen, me and your family cannot go beyond those doors. But the Spirit of God will never leave you as you go into that surgery. I can't be with people as they transition into heaven. We have Margaret Walker that is days, hours away from transitioning into heaven. I can't, I don't know what that transition spiritually is going to be for her. But I just know this, that the Spirit of God will be there through every second of it. It doesn't matter. And he made this promise that the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost will come upon you and the power 
Listen, the power of the highest. There is, there is a lot of things in this world. The Bible talks about spiritual wickedness in high places. But then it talks about my God. And it doesn't just say a God in high places. He is the highest. There is no higher than my God. There is no greater than I'll ever face. There's nothing more powerful than what I have when I have the Spirit of God. And by the way, so do you if you are saved. When you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, He came to dwell in your life and nothing can change that in your life. He came to overcome everything in your life. The presence of the Spirit of God, He said, by that, the power of God will overshadow you. Joseph, I'm a child, I don't understand it. God steps in as an angel and says, it is my doing. And she goes in and says, be it unto me. They get there, they can't find a place to live and God, or to have the birth and God leads them to that end. God wakes up Joseph and the spirit of God wakes him up and says, you gotta leave right now. Herod's out to kill your baby. Wokes up in the middle of the night and they escape in the nick of time. You know why? Because the spirit of God was there. They're broke, they have no money, they have nothing they can do. And we tell this story, how cute it is. Three wise men show up with gold, frankincense, and myrrh. You know what that was? It was God cash-apping them on the spot to take care of their needs. Literally showing up in the middle of their situation like, we are, Joseph, we have nowhere to go. I have no money. We've got to take care of this child. God said that he would take care of it. Somebody's knocking at the door. There's three, or as many wise men, we don't know, but there's three gifts sitting there to, to, to supply the need for them in that moment. Do you know why? Because my God shall supply your need according to his riches and glory. Even when it doesn't make sense. So here it is, life, news, up and down, up and down in this. But my God is a rock. No matter what I face, I know that no matter what happens to me, I have the power of God. I have the presence of God. I, I, I have his presence with me. I have all the things that I would possibly need to get me through. You know what that does inside of us? Where no matter what news comes your way, if they come in and say, you have cancer, and you can turn around and say, I have Jesus. Well, that's not going to solve cancer, but it will get me through because I'm going to heaven even no matter what happens to me. Calm. God did this. CNN and Fox News and bad news and all this stuff is going to throw stuff at us, but let, let me show you. We can, we, can, we can have joy. I'm telling you, we can have joy. Look at what happened. Luke chapter 1, verse 46, all this is done. And Mary said, my soul doth magnify the Lord. And my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. Nothing of her happenings changed. But she said, I will rejoice. Rejoice is such a cool word. It's from the word joy. We, we already know that. It's rejoice to joy, to have joy, to celebrate joy. But the word comes from the Greek word shar which literally means to lean into. You know what rejoicing is? It is turning on the news and hearing everything negative that's gonna come. And you say, you know what? Doesn't matter. I'm gonna lean into the promises of God. I'm gonna have my mind as I go to sleep on the word of God and the promises of God and the fact that he's never gonna leave me. And no matter what I face tomorrow, my God is able. No matter what I deal with, my God is bigger. I have the shadow over me of the most high. You say, what, what about Christmas 2020? Everything's falling apart. doesn't matter where you're at, what you do. This is the promise. That this is what you have with you. You have the presence of God. And nothing can change that. I live my life on the rock. It's what my God is. He's the rock. 
Not on sinking sand. You know what sinking sand is? Feelings and emotions. Good day, bad day. Rock. It's Jesus. Good days, bad days, fired from my job, everything falling apart. And I have calm in my heart because I know that he's got a plan. And I know that the power of God will go before me. And you know what I do in that? I rejoice. Rejoice. 